It is so good to see you today. Appreciate you coming and being a part of worship today. Congratulations to our graduates. You will always remember your senior year. We will always remember your senior year. And, uh, but uh, congratulations and you, you made it. And uh, we are proud of you. And we thank you so much for being a part of Parkway as well. Uh, also, uh, Parkway Preschool finished their year this past week. 180 kids, 40 teachers and workers at a time beginning the year, whether it was going to make it or not, whether it was going to last, but they they made it through. Dawn is, Woodrow is our director, and we appreciate her and appreciate all of our teachers and uh, who worked to make this make all of this happen. So we appreciate you as well. Exciting time of year. Lots of things that are happening. I think that uh, our series of messages. Uh, moving forward, it's about time is very appropriate for the things that are happening in your life, our life, the life of the church, certainly as well. Would you find in your Bibles Joshua chapter 14? We're going to read verses 6 through 12 uh, to begin with. Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 12. And uh, as we continue our series, and whether uh, you're here for the first time for this series or you've been here through the whole thing, that uh, regardless, we know that uh, every, each lesson is a lesson unto itself as we continue to look. Uh, and how appropriate it is. Speaking of moving forward, uh, we're, we're always in preparation, particularly this year and what's next and how things are going to be happening for the summer and in the fall. And You can help us to do that. Next week we're going to address that even more, maybe some of the specifics of that. But a couple of things that are, as you came in, one was in your bulletin, there are ministry surveys. This has helped us to prepare for the new year. The church year actually begins in September. And so we want to put all of our ministry teams and teachers and all that, make sure everybody's in place to where they need to be. And I, I can't think of a better time or a more important time for our members to fill that ministry survey out. And then there's also this month, we're encouraged you to do that. Also this month, you found in your bulletin, Nursery Children's Church Volunteer Card. You may think that has nothing to do with you. But if there's a time, we know we've got lots of folks that are coming back, we don't necessarily have all of our volunteers back. And so we're encouraging our vol our, uh, for you to be able to fill this out. Even if you are at the point, there's a place on here that says, I'm unable to serve at this time, please put your name on that and fill it out. And if you're a church member that way, we don't have to send you any more emails or give you a phone call. We'd like for everybody uh, to fill this card out. You can put an offering plate as you leave, leave it in your seat, turn it in the church office, whatever it is, and uh, we'll be able to, to have that. But let me encourage you this place. So it's kind of a preparation month for us so that we might begin to put people in place. How important that is during these days. We're in Joshua chapter 14. Going to read verses 6 through 12 to begin with, and uh, you want to keep your Bibles open. We'll look at some of the other verses as well. This now is the Word of God. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot is trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old, and I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war, for going and coming. 
So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. May the Lord bless the reading on His holy word today. Well, The Right Stuff, title of the message today. It's also the title of a movie as well as the title maybe of what they called the first uh, seven test pilots that were to be astronauts to go on the Mercury on the Mercury time that were the first going into space. We know that John uh, Glenn, the most famous of those, uh, Alan Shepard was the very first to go into space, uh, first American to go into space. He spent a total of 15 minutes. They're called the right stuff because they had what it took to get the job done. Maybe something we can't quite put our finger on, but we know it has something to do with courage and fortitude, heroism and patriotism. Well, can I tell you that men like Joshua and Caleb and many others that we read about and even people today are seeking to serve the Lord or people who have the right stuff. In fact, Joshua and Caleb, we consider probably heroes of the Old Testament of whom we can learn much. We have the graduates here sitting before me today, and I think of uh, when I became pastor, it was uh, my first time to preach from this pulpit. It was December 8, 2013, so they were probably just beginning, maybe they had, they had their first semester in the youth group, so seven and a half years uh, that, uh, that I have uh, been pastor here, and I thank the Lord for that privilege and that responsibility each and every day. Uh, I, I serve because I believe in the Lord Jesus and I trust in you. And we believe that together we want to be the right stuff as we are on this hill wanting to be a shining light to the community. want people to be able to meet, see Jesus in us. And as we leave this place, we want to continue to be the right stuff so that people might be able to know Christ who need to know Him. How appropriate I believe this passage is that we read today. Uh, not just because we have the graduates here, not just because it's been seven and a half years that I've been your pastor, and not just because these are nice Bible stories, but how appropriate they are for the transitions and the things that are happening in your lives, lives of our graduates, all of us today, and certainly as we seek to move forward, we feel like it's not only about time, that it is the right time, and uh, we want to be prepared for what lies ahead. Uh, you might remember the story of Caleb and Joshua, the oldest living Israelites of their time. All of their generation except these two men had died in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb were chosen to lead the Israelites into the promised land and claim the inheritance they had been promised more than four decades earlier. Now, Joshua is the more famous of the two. He succeeded Moses as the leader of God's people. This passage will help us to focus in on Caleb and kind of what happened to Caleb and how he's able to complete the mission that God has for him. Now, you've got some notes hopefully there in front of you. If not, we're going to have them on the screen here as we want to make preparations, use this passage, this story, make preparations for moving ahead and perhaps seeing if, determine if we have the right stuff. So here, here are kind of the questions, some questions I've got for you, just two or three maybe to help us to be able to evaluate these very things. The first one is this, do you believe God's promises really? Do you really believe God's promises? Well, Caleb did as the Israelites moved into the promised land already. They had won many battles. They were beginning to divide the land among the tribes and it was time for Caleb, who was from the tribe of Judah, the same tribe that Jesus would be born. It was time to claim the promise that God had for him. So Caleb asked Joshua, or reminds Joshua, said, do you remember what the Lord promised to us those many years ago? 
and he promised through Moses. And after we come back from spying out the land, and I'm sure that Joshua knew. I don't know that he was reminding him so much as maybe this is a formal way for him asking to say, now's the time. Moses said, the land that you'd walk will be your inheritance and your children's inheritance forever. The Lord's kept me alive these 45 years since that time in order to fulfill His promise. Caleb was fulfilling God's plan for himself and the Israelites because he believed God's promise. Promise kept alive for 45 years. It's, it's basic to the Christian life. That if we're going to move forward, if we're going to continue to walk with the Lord, it takes faith. in a faith that continues to grow. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 in the message gives definition of faith. But in the message it says it like this. Or the last part is it talks about this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. So do you believe God's promises as we find it in God's Word? Well, most of us probably would say that we do. Caleb had been promised that he would inherit land in the land of Canaan, what became known as the promised land, holy land today. Well, we might say that was a specific promise. Well, don't you wish that we had specific promises today from God? Well, I'm going to tell you that we do have specific promises. and I want you to think maybe particularly in the New Testament, some of the promises that are given to those who follow Jesus. And we want to be able to claim them today. Can you think of some? Some of those promises did Jesus say, Lord, I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the age. Did He tell you that if you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, He's going to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness? Uh, all your sins are forgiven in Jesus. How about for those who are followers of Christ, nothing can snatch you from the hand of God. All things work together for good. It's a specific promise. Do you believe the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Where two or three are gathered in His name, we know that the Lord is present. Well, we're more than two or three together. Even now, we know that the Lord's always present. Holy Spirit's inside each one of us. We're promised the Holy Spirit. Jesus is coming again. Well, we say we believe these promises, and we should believe. And maybe you thought of maybe even some others. For illustration purposes only. I've got $50 here, and I want to. This is, all, this is my allowance for the month, but I want to ask you. said, if I promised you that, uh, that I was going to give everyone that came to church $50, would you believe it? You probably say no. You probably have many reasons why. I don't know why. I mean, my goodness, if, if Oprah and Ellen can give computers and cars, how come I couldn't give $50? I can think of probably a billion reasons why. But uh, one, you know, I couldn't afford it. And second, if I could, I probably wouldn't be that generous. But uh, by the way, I'm not passing this one around for you to see today. But uh, uh, you're away, you know, here, you probably wouldn't get. But, uh, uh, but what, if I, what if I promised you that I would do that? Well, let's say I worked something out with the stewardship team and... Uh, and promised everybody, maybe to get everybody here. Everybody comes, we're going to give $50 if you come to church. We get more than $50 per, per capita per person. So we're going, to, we're going to check that statistic and see if it works. If we give you more, not only hopefully have more people here, but we'd have even greater giving if that statistic remained the same. Or maybe it was more of a uh, uh, pay off the debt kind of thing. We're going to give everybody 50 bucks and we want you to kind of like the parable of the talents. We want you to take that $50 we want you to double it, triple it, increase it even more and bring it back. Well, maybe you could believe it. I'm, I'm just, I don't know if you could be convinced or not that that's going to happen, but if you could, how would you show that you believed that I was going to give everybody here $50? Well, my goodness, 
We could, we could sing about it. My hope is built on nothing less than the $50 in the preacher's hand. 10,000 reasons I should take the $50. When I survey the wondrous $50 in his hand, we could have a four to six week disciple life course about why we believed it would be true with video and all kinds of stuff. We might do a special emphasis of 40 day purpose driven $50 ministry. What else could you do to show that you could believe? Somebody could say amen. We could lift a hand and we could say, well, doesn't that show that we believe? Now, if you really believe, what would you do? And somebody almost did it in the first service. You'd come snatch it out of my hand and you would claim it for your very own if you truly believed it. We want to be a church that understands what it means to believe in God's promises and act on God's promises and not just sing and talk, and, uh, but be able to say, not just say, but we need to act on it. So I want to give you, I want to give you a way in which you can claim the promises of of God. I want to give you a plan. P-L-A-N. First of all, you do it with prayer. Lord, I believe it's all true. And I stand on your promises. And we tell him again and again, we believe it to be true. We do it through lifestyle. How we live each day and how we make decisions each day will be based on the promises of God. 45 years that Caleb went, he based everything he did on the promise that God gave him that there would be an inheritance for him. We would have acts of faith. There'd be times, periodic times of stepping out on faith. Sometimes it'd be a small step. Sometimes it'd be a large step. But you would continue to be stepping out on faith. Maybe even today that you would need to step out on faith and say, Lord, I, I believe your promises and I believe what you say is true and I want to step out on faith today. For Caleb, the time had come. Maybe it's time for us today. Maybe it's time for you. And then name God's past faithfulness. Can you today think of any time that God has seen you through, has walked through with you through, maybe perhaps this past year particularly that you can say, Lord, I know that you were with me and you helped me and you walked with me along the way. And if you can count God's past faithfulness, you can know that he's going to be with you today and he's going to be with you in the future. I want to give you, I want to give you a word of caution though when we talk about faith. Be careful where you place your faith. Because if you place your faith on feelings... Well, that's probably going to be short lived. You're going to be disappointed somewhere along the way because even if you can have a great feeling now here on Sunday while we come and we sing God's praises and hear God's word and spend time in prayer with others, well, then you may not feel the same way on Monday, Tuesday through Saturday. You understand that you can't base it on faith. Nor, nor do you need to base faith on faith alone, which sometimes always maybe always leads to disappointment. In other words, to, when you place your faith on faith, you're thinking that as long as I believe it, then I know that it's going to come true. You need to be careful about that. But let me ask you this question. It might seem a little bit arbitrary. Is it better, is it better to have a great faith in God or have faith in a great God? Can I say it again? Is it better to have great faith in God or have faith in a great God? be great if you had both, but, if, but the Lord can do a lot with a little bit of faith. And I think it's the latter. I think we need to have faith. Instead, be sure that it is in a great God. Caleb reminds us that sometimes the fulfillment of God's promise is longer, maybe than we'd hope, but it's never late. Forty years, Caleb had wandered in the wilderness. Five years, he'd been battling, giving other people different parts of what's happening there. But do you believe in God's promises so much that it is making a difference in your life? If yes, if yes, you know that because you believe in what God has promised is making a difference than your head and shoulders even above most professing believers. Here's the second question. Are you willing to stand alone? 
Are you willing to stand alone? Oh, how important that is for our graduates as they finish high school, maybe go out for different pursuits and different people. But over, we'd mention over the next 10 years, uh, during the period of the 20s to 2030, we actually want to systematically work our way through God's Word. We're in Joshua now. We'll probably be in something else, but pretty soon we're going to be in Judges. And we're going to continue to work through the Old Testament and New Testament. And because I, I think it's important for us to be able to understand, not only know God's Word, know what it says, but to be able to understand kind of the history of it and where God was always working out His plan. You know that the Israelites were 400 years in Egypt under slavery. God used Moses to bring them out. They came in that very first year. They crossed the Red Sea and they came to Kadesh Barnea. They came southern part of what uh, the land of Canaan, of the promised land and they were not ready, they were not willing, did not have the faith to be able to go and to conquer that land. So 40 years they spent in the wilderness. All of that generation died out. New generation came. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones. So when Caleb reminded Joshua of the events of 45 years early, he was reminding him of the 12 spies who went into the promised land and 10 said the cities were too large and fortified. The people are too big. We cannot go. This is what 10 of the spies said. Caleb said, I don't know if it's in your notes or on the screen, Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 through 31. Listen to what Caleb said. Another book, 40 years earlier, 45 years earlier, actually says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able. Caleb was willing to stand alone. Joshua willing to stand alone. They're the only two adults of that generation who crossed over into the land of Canaan to the promised land. Three times in this chapter it talks about Caleb and it says, Caleb remained loyal to the Lord. Now, I actually read from the ESV, English Standard Version, it says, Caleb wholly followed the Lord God. Which means that he was not just obedient in some things, but in all that God asked. Now, this is the central idea that we don't want you to miss. Central idea of what we're talking about, kind of the middle of the sermon here. Holy follow God. And in light of the cross, Joshua, of course, lived before the cross. And Joshua was lived by the promises that were to come. We already have the inheritance through Jesus Christ is because of what Jesus has done for us that we want to wholly follow Him. And as we do, it opens the doors to know more of Him and to be used by Him. To wholly follow God can be a lonely task because it's to go against the flow of the crowd. Students know what that is like. If their faith causes them to go against the crowd or the direction of most of the people they know because of a moral choice at a party or on a date or even to befriend someone who's not part maybe of the popular crowd. Christian business people know what it's like because they've made the choice to be honest and above board even if it does not make them or maybe somebody else even look too good. Or because they choose not to indulge at the office party or just because the right choice sometimes is not very popular or because it may cost them financially. They know what it's like to stand alone. Christian men and women know what it's like when they have to chosen to take a stand, to stick to their convictions, even when the majority does not go their way or the world says to do something different. According to verse 7, against the vast majority, the overwhelming number who feared going forward, Caleb said, I brought back a report according to my convictions. 
according to what was in my heart. Now see, if we answer the first question, yes, do you believe God's promises? You will have convictions. If you answer the second question, yes, are you willing to stand alone? You will stand firm on your convictions. You think Caleb was lonely? He's 85 years old. The only other person in his tribe, the, the closest person in his tribe was 45. Of course, Joshua was also about the same age, around 85 years old. It made for a very small senior adult group. I imagine if they had a covered dish supper, it was Joshua brought the fried chicken and Caleb brought the green bean casserole. But their survival is not punishment, but a privilege that no one in their generation received. Notice, notice what Caleb received by remaining faithful. And, then, and these are two kinds of blessings that you'll receive when you wholly follow the Lord. By remaining faithful, we, even when others around you are not, you'll be given these two kinds of blessings. The blessing of inheritance. Caleb received that which God promised him long ago. Verse 13 says, we read through verse 12, the next verse says, Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. Now what does it mean, Joshua blessed him? What does it mean to bless someone? Well, it means more than just to wish them well. It means to wish them God's best. God's blessing is an abundant and effective life. And his inheritance was God's blessing because he was willing to follow God. God's faithful children will receive an inheritance from the Lord beyond what this world has to offer. And in truth, in Christ, we already have received an inheritance in Jesus. And we want to continue to follow Him. We can claim God's promises. Also, there's the blessing of influence. Joshua and Caleb tried to influence the Israelites some 40 years earlier, but they couldn't do it. Uh, they both stood up and said, we need to go forward. But the other two million Israelites said, no, we can't go forward. We're too scared. We don't believe it's going to happen. But Joshua and Caleb remind us, and that what happened in Numbers, in thir Numbers 13 remind us that sometimes God's will is not followed by God's people. Now, some people define leadership by finding out what direction the people are going and go out and get in front. That may be some political leadership, but it's hard, hardly godly leadership. Godly leadership follows God's will wholeheartedly, whether anyone else follows or not, because they're willing to stand alone and they have influence over a whole new generation of people. I'm thankful maybe during this past year or so, maybe you had certain ways in order to influence people maybe that you didn't have before. Maybe you had conversations and open doors. And we know that some of those things that happened, we had people who came to know Christ during certainly uh, the COVID time. We had many people come and join the church during the time as well once we started opening back and had new people coming looking for a church home and that was good. But oh, how thankful I am that this summer we'll be able to have church camp and vacation Bible school and youth camp and children's as well and preschool camp and all of these things. And imagine other churches and other camps are going along over the, over the nation. Hundreds of thousands of kids that are being influenced in a positive way. Every week, I believe it's going to be happening. We're going to be praying for our camps and our VBS that they'll have influence like never before. Thank God for the blessing of influence. We can be a blessing, offer a positive influence on others by remaining faithful. Now, Caleb was given the city of Hebron. Hebron was known before Caleb took it by another name. So Hebron means community. Where Caleb was a long ranger, 
lone ranger because he wholeheartedly followed God. Joshua was too. Here Joshua is now the leader of God's people if he succeeded Moses. And here's Caleb. He's taken over the city and he has a community. For those willing to stand alone, God wants to give you the blessing of your inheritance and a blessing of influence on others. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing as well. A couple of things to note here. They're willing to stand alone, but they, at least they did have each other. And if you're willing to stand alone, if you have those convictions, know that you're not the only one. Know that there are other brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's something I always have encouraged uh, those who are graduating college and they go off to school, different set of friends sometimes perhaps, I always want to encourage you to, I want to encourage you to find a friend who will go to church with you. It's hard to go to church by yourself. Find somebody who will go to church with you. Find somebody also that has your same convictions and loves the Lord Jesus Christ to help you along the way as well. How important that is for us to be able to do that. But also... We also need to know that even when we feel like we're alone, we're never alone because the Lord is with us. Apostle Paul, he's in a dark Roman jail. He's writing his last letter. He's writing to Timothy and he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He writes that he's all alone. No one has come to his side. But in his next breath, he said, but the Lord stood at my side. For when all is said and done, what's important is not the pursuit of the land. It's not just the hope of influence, not just the building of a building or the seeking after reward, but what is most important is knowing that Christ is with you. It's knowing the Lord. One more question. Are you growing spiritually stronger? Are you growing spiritually stronger? Uh, great scene here in the book of Joshua. Maybe not as uh, well known as the crossing over the Jordan or the walls that came down at Jericho. But Caleb, one of the only Israelites who's remained faithful, stands before Joshua at the age of 85 and says, I'm as strong today as I was 45 years ago when I was sent out to spy out this land. I'm strong enough today to go out and go to battle and come back again. Then he boldly says in the King James English, Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. God not only kept him alive all those years, but he kept him strong for this very purpose. It was the year that I was born, 1962, that John Glenn climbed into Friendship 7 and became the first American to orbit the earth. 36 years later, John Glenn, at the age of 78, became the oldest man in space. Still fit and qualified for astronaut training, his mission renewed interest in the space program. I think as of this date, there may have been some more, but I think there's been eight people who are not astronauts who have been tourists who have paid the ticket or paid the price to be able to go up into space as tourists. Who would have thought that we would live in a day in which you could buy a ticket? Now, there are some more tickets that are coming. Most of them are over a million dollars. Some have estimated it may be around quarter of a million, $250,000. 640 tickets have already been uh, reserved, mostly by celebrities. Who thought we'd live in that day? Now I just have to live long enough for the price to be able to come down even more. Well, Caleb lived long enough and stayed physically fit to be able to face the challenges ahead. Moses lived to be 120. Doesn't seem to be out, all that out of ordinary for that day. So I figured that Caleb's 85 
is uh, probably about 60 today. And, uh, well, I'm almost there. I'm not sure I feel the same way as Caleb did, as strong as I was in that day. But the application is not about saying physically fit. It's about being spiritually fit, stronger today than we were in the past. And we grow spiritually in pursuing God by being in His Word, by being sure that we're with others who are learning from other people that we're in Bible study in His house, that we're seeking to follow Him. So I want to encourage you to do two things. And one of these is this. I want to encourage you to follow your plan for spiritual growth. Have a plan for spiritual growth. What will be your plan? Because none of us have arrived. And get this, all of us can do something to grow spiritually. Pick up a book. Come to Bible study. Pick up the good book. Be sure that you find yourself more time in prayer. Do something, have a spiritual plan. But let me also encourage you to follow God's plan for your future and submit to the plan of God for today and for your future and the leading of the Holy Spirit no matter what it is. Notice verse 15. We read through 12, read 13. Verse 15 says this. Now the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And the land had rest from war. You might remember back in Numbers 13, we were just talking about it a minute ago, that the people would not go. Not only were the cities fortified, but the people were like giants. They said, we're like grasshoppers to them. Well, 45 years later, they're still in the land, mentioned here in verse 12 by Caleb. Then it said again, Caleb's going to go and he's given the particular land. You think at age 85, maybe his job would have been a little bit easier. But he goes and the name of the city is Kiriath Arba. Kiriath means city of. So the city of Arba. Who's Arba? We're told in the scripture. He is the giant of the giants. Leader of the giants. So here we have Joshua at the age of 85 going to do battle. Going to take the city of the one who is the giant of the giants. Would that we had all the details Will you submit to following God wherever He leads? Knowing no battle is too tough and you can grow stronger and have His help regardless of what's happening today or what your future holds. Hey, this is a great lesson. It's a great lesson for senior saints, don't you think? I, I are one of them. But to know that the Lord's not through with senior saints, it's a great lesson for seniors to know that God has a plan for you. And you want to follow His plan. You want to grow closer to Him. You want to be sure that as you follow that plan, that you have a plan. And that is to follow Him. And you want to grow spiritually. You want to follow what He has. It's a great plan for a 50-year-old church. We're celebrating our 50 years. Statistics tell us that most churches do all that they're going to do in the first couple of decades of existence. Well, Lord continues to bless Parkway Baptist Church. We believe that our greatest days are still ahead. But it's also a lesson for every believer, no matter how old you are. God has a promise for you to claim, a place for you to stand, and a plan for you to grow spiritually. God has a promise for you to claim, a place for you to stand, and a place for you, a plan for you to grow spiritually. Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. God wants to use people today. 
who know that Jesus is the answer. Will you be found faithful? Speaking of the right stuff, God knew exactly what you needed so that you might be able to find your place in this world so that you might be able to have abundant and eternal life. And the right stuff was the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when He gave Himself on the cross for us so that you might be forgiven of sin. And He rose again so that you might be able to have life. Oh, and you want to serve Him because of what Christ has done. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, or maybe somebody listening today live stream, it is today that you've gotten a glimpse into what it looks like in order to be able to walk into the promised land, to be able to walk and have the abundant life that the Lord wants to give each one of us. So it may be that today the Lord is knocking on your heart's door and He wants you to let Him come in. I encourage you to do so through prayer by asking Christ to forgive you of your sins and asking Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of your life. Did you notice the last words in this chapter? Very last words. It says, And the land had rest from war. Israel... For a brief, shining moment, there was peace. Now we know lasting peace, perfect peace will one day be realized in heaven. But when we follow Jesus, we can experience internal and true peace in our hearts no matter what. You know, we're told to pray for the peace of Israel, peace of Jerusalem. But we know that things are happening today. If you ever, if you watch the news, and probably has not been much, many times that there was peace in the land of Israel. There may not be many times you think there's peace, true peace happening in your life and the circumstances that are happening now. But because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit inside you, you can experience spiritual peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding as you wholeheartedly follow Him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the time of worship. Our prayers, we know that you've heard, Father, and now the reading, proclaiming of your word. We know, Father, and we thank you for your love that you have for each one of us and how you continue to show that. We thank you for this happening in Caleb's life that has helped us to know that we can claim your promises. And we pray, Father, that we may truly have a plan that is your plan and your purpose. We pray for our graduates that are graduating today, Father. We pray for your direction in their life. We know that not only, Father, do you have a plan and a purpose to, uh, Father, to help them to succeed in all things, but a plan and purpose to where they can influence others for you. We pray that's true of all of us. And we pray, Father, if there's one here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, cannot say for sure they have a home in heaven, have you in their heart, that today they're calling upon you. It's in the precious name of the Lord Jesus we lift these prayers. Amen.